and I say that's my biggest takeaway from this album, even though that was something that uh, was debuted during that time and was very much a sound of like 20 years ago. Yeah. It still is something that I listen to and I'm like, this isn't just a product of, of 2003. Speak easy studios, speak and be heard. Yo, this is Stephen Lee and I'm Frank Jackson. And And we we are are the Distinguished Critics. Critics. We're here to break down some of our favorite albums and songs and debate what's overrated, underrated, and everything in between. So join us as we go back and relive some of music's most iconic projects. Give us a listen wherever you get your podcasts, and please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and give us those five stars. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of This or That. I'm Stephen Lee, as always, joined by Frank Jackson, and today we are going to be discussing two albums that help push two superstars into the stratosphere. That's right, we're talking about T.I.'s Trap Music, released on August 19th, 2003, and Lil Wayne's The Carter II, released on December 6th, 2005. Frank, how you doing today, man? Good, man. I'm ready for this uh, Southern showdown and. You know, at the risk of a little foreshadowing here, I uh, just want to say this is not as one-sided as some people may think by just hearing the names alone. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think in a lot of cases when we do these episodes and, and you know, showing our age here a little bit, I'm 33 or 32, we end up discussing projects that maybe we can't recount how that was in real time when it dropped. And I feel like the nostalgia aspect of it is also what makes these episodes fun. These are two projects that really came out when we were just heavily getting into hip hop and, and really both of these artists kind of defined at least our high school years in terms of mainstream relevancy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, there's just distinct memories of riding around bumping it. You know, at, at that age, there was one person who had a car. There's always like just the one person you knew in a car. Right. But the, these are albums and artists that were on repeat all the time. You kind of driving around aimlessly with the sole purpose of listening to these albums again and again and again. Seeing until which one like part of your DNA and seeing which one like, you know, thumped hardest in the whip because that was a huge factor at the, the time, oh, man, too. Yeah, especially every, with like these two albums, because, you know, we're talking about southern hip-hop so this is like you you had to have the subwoofers you had to have and which album hit the hardest when it came to that and believe that will come into play when discussing these two albums because uh they're very different in that regard but um yeah this is this is early very early ti and this is you know wayne's been doing it forever but this really was wayne finally becoming something that was just massive and we'll get into that in a second but you know Wayne had been around for years but right. this is the one that from here on there was no looking back right like prior to this there was no discussion about like oh is this guy one of the greatest rappers that it wasn't even that was like a who, laughable like li- thing little, to bring like, up. Not even on Cash Money was he considered. Well, no, no, the not greatest even, rapper. So not even close. He yeah. might have been third or fourth on that roster right. at the time, and then you know things just just catapulted from there, and he he uh, he took over in a way that was 
really just nobody saw that coming. I don't think we've ever seen anything like what Wayne did during that time period. Yeah, uh, especially in that regard of being one thing and, and becoming and morphing into something else. Because you can you can sit here and I do want to start off with Ti, but just real quick on the Wayne subject, like the mixtape thing, right? Like oh, Fifty man. Cent, in my opinion, is is the one that kind of started that wave. But you had artists that came through after and kind of made that like the basis for their whole career. And I think Wayne really built his reputation. Well, he ended it. Through the mixtape scene, it was kind of. Uh, it's not that nobody after him, uh, you know, could could use the blueprint of using mixtapes right. as to, the vehicle to like drive your next project, or even just you as an artist relying solely on mixtapes. He uh, he made it a hell of a lot harder for anybody who came right after him because it was like, if you're not bringing that, uh, Wayne was going as hard on mixtapes as he was on albums. I would argue he, in some cases, went a lot harder on yeah. mixtapes, and that's really what his fans, you know, uh, what they ended up wanting from him was the, the 32 bars instead of, like, you know, the hook and the... Let's start with T.I., though, because this album, Trap Music, came out two years before, roughly two and, a, eh, two and some change before yep. the Carter two, and T.I.'s story has always been interesting to me because... And I was telling, you know, obviously we were talking about this before the show started. The first time I ever heard T.I. was not um, his debut album, I'm Serious. It wasn't Dope Boys in the Trap. It was on Tupac's Better Days album. And obviously a few songs on that were remixed by Jazzy Faye. T.I. had an in with Jazzy Faye. And I heard him and it was like, okay, he probably doesn't belong on a Pac record. But, like, he's he has lyrical skill, but he's still giving you, like, the whole Southern delivery. And when trap music comes out a year later, it's in the midst of like the crunk era. Yep. Like the 2003, you can't escape crunk. I mean, Ying Yang Twins, Young Bloods, Little John, Petey Pablo, David Banner, Bone Crusher, all of these guys were riding huge success off that sound, which is that like derivative of it, of three, six mafia, but like that Atlanta chant and, and, you know, reaction type of sound and TI comes out with this project and it's not really crunk at all. No, he, he made appearances on a lot of these artists songs, but like, this is a totally different album. I think that this is Coke rap before Coke rap really became a thing. Well, this was, this was so important because this, uh, this predates Gucci. This right. predates the emergence of Boosie and Webby. Right. This is um even though T.I. didn't, as he claims, invent trap music, what he did was because Atlanta was very much popping already. But what he did was create a different lane that Atlanta artists weren't doing. You know, Outcast was already Outcast. Everybody you just named were already doing their thing it was crunk but luda, luda was more of like the comedic luda, rapper and and just uh luda had a more it's hard to just, just very unique sound to right. him. so he wasn't doing any of the stuff that any of the rest of them was doing ti really came in with the with the actual like gangster rap type of music it was like you said, coke music. Like it was drug dealing. It's D boy oriented. Like the whole album is gonna be about selling. Ti's whole for the thing most part. was about showing you another side of Atlanta that's not strip clubs. Right. And again, this 
predates Gucci. So uh, people came along that were in this vein, but T.I. is the one who really launched that into the mainstream. And this album totally caught people off guard because I'm serious. Even I, I like that album. I think it's a good album. It was it's a just, major flop. Right. And that's what it was. a major flop. And so this album being what it was, T.I. had hits immediately. Immediately. I mean, like, and not just not just regional hits, not just hits that when you look back at it, it's like, oh, that was a banger. It's like, no, these were nationwide. Hits at the time. Cha- topping yeah. charts yeah. type of hits on not his debut album, but his coming out album. Right. And I think one thing that T.I. showed people because the South at this time was still, and this is not that long ago when you think about it, the South still had that stigma stigma yeah. about, uh, you know, they might be able to make music, but they can't really rap. Let me say this here definitively, T.I. is a spitter. Mm. When T.I. When really wants to rap and showcase his lyricism, T.I. is a very good rapper. Like, he is a wordsmith. T.I. is, I mean, I, I think people know by now, you've seen enough of T.I., for better or worse, T.I. is a very smart dude, and he has a very broad vocabulary, and he uses it well. He showcases that in his songs, in his music, and he's very um, forward-thinking in some of the songs that he has. He was doing stuff that not a lot of people were doing at the time. Like, you look at a track like T.I. vs. T.I.P., that was a brilliant song. The alter ego. Yeah. Yeah. It was a brilliant song, and it was very introspective, and it was was one of those things that you just weren't getting from – Hip hop in general at the time, but especially from Atlanta or the South. See, I brought something totally different to the table. Yeah, I think people like, you know, it's 2023. Obviously, we're talking about an artist like T.I. He's still very much relevant in the mainstream. Obviously, not to the degree that he was in the early to mid 2000s, but anybody going into this project and expecting a, a trap sound like we've been hearing for the past 12, 13, 14 years, this isn't really that. It's more content-wise. I do think T.I. kind of opened some doors in terms of, oh, my whole album is going to conceptually be about this. But, I, you know, I, I want to talk about the production because obviously you, you mentioned how lyrical T.I. is on this album, and really he can still do that, like you said, when he wants to. But the production here is just so cohesive and so, um, so it's blended so well. Because again, this doesn't sound like your your a future album or even like you know a Rick Ross album with some trap heavy beats, Lex Luger, whoever. Um, you have Kanye doing production on here. Yep. You have David Banner doing production on here. Um, but for me, really, the driving vehicle of this whole project is DJ Toomp, and he's a producer that Absolutely. I think does not get enough credit. You know, he did the major single off this album, yep. uh, 24s, and you recognize those chords and that that bass immediately. It's like, whoa, this is an anthemic, like, classic Atlanta record, and he has a few of those on this album. Yeah, he does. Uh, I, I think it should be noted, too, that this 
was created without the backing of a label. He he really did elevate to his best self, got his best production, put together his best lyrics after he had left the label because at the time T.I. had, you know, he, as we mentioned, I'm serious was major flop. He basically said that's because I didn't get pushed from the label. Arista. Which has been yeah. all but, I mean, confirmed, really. They had other people that they understandably were pushing uh, out ahead of him, uh, including the aforementioned outcast. Well, in fairness, but, and yeah, and in fairness, real quick, just to Arista, like in 2001, you know, a single like D boys in the trap, they probably weren't right. looking at this artist as ever really having major crossover appeal. Nor did they even understand what the hell that meant. Right. That wasn't even a thing. No. Then like, you know, T I really did have to bring that to the forefront of, of hip hop, of people's vocabularies of, you know, actually explaining them what it meant. Like people in certain places in the South and in Atlanta might've known what that meant, but in general, that wasn't part of the hip-hop lexicon. You talking about the trap, you know? That just wasn't something that really existed before then, which is why he he lays claim to being really the father of trap and the inventor of trap. In some regards, he is. Uh, so, like you mentioned, this, this album just feels so extremely well put together. Mm-hmm. And for him to have... I think my my favorite thing about this album, you know, like like we mentioned before, there's there's just hit after hit on it, which it which is shocking, but the body of work in totality, even just those album cuts that aren't the singles, some of them sound like they could have been singles. I was gonna say there's without reaching to be a single. He could have picked another three or four songs instead. Like that would have been that could have been singles. He he really did put together just an overall complete project, a great overall cohesive album that nobody really saw coming, not only just because, you know, of what preceded it, because a lot of people didn't even know about I'm serious. Like it was that kind of that kind of plot. But I was listening to hip hop at that time and it didn't. Uh, granted, we were younger, radar. but it wasn't on the radar, and we were checking for a lot of projects yeah. back then. Uh, and this dude just came out of nowhere with bangers. Yeah. Like, so uh, I, I think T.I. from the very beginning, uh, which is uh, we're, we're going to talk about Wayne a little bit, but that's one uh, heavy contrast between them. I think T.I. out the gate kind of showed you, like, what he's fully capable of. T.I. dropped between uh, 03 and 08 six consecutive platinum albums. Yeah. I mean, he he really was like that streak of his, you know, people, uh, you know, people know, like you said, people know who T.I. is. He's not uh, anywhere near some sort of unknown artist or, you know, irrelevant or anything. But I'm not sure people understand that success wise, T.I. is is one of hip hop's most successful artists of all time. Uh, for sure. When you, when you look at his, that run was very few people could, can even can pull that sniff off. that. You can, you can name less than 10 other rappers that have had that Absolutely. type of stretch. Yeah. And it's hard to say 
like for some guys, it's hard to say, well, they ever owned a year. Well, T.I. in 2006 owned hip hop. I mean, like he was the biggest artist. Obviously, this this predates that run by three years. But um, the thing with the singles, man. So the singles on this album are are 24s, as mentioned. You have Be Easy. You have Let's Get Away. You have Rubber Band Man. And these all... I thought Rubber Band Man was the hardest song well ever they all they all out. they all hit so hard at the time and they still sound great now and i think the thing that you have to really tip you know pun intended your hat to ti on is the fact that they're all so different oh completely he, this wasn't there's he not drop, a single one of them that sounds like the other one like he just kind of like oh this spun is it off of yeah that. right like like okay you know 24s is hot let me drop something similar sounding like let's get away is like that you know the smooth like the mac like hey let's yep. get out of here jazzy yep. Faye was on fire at that time yeah, like you know he was and i like jazzy Faye. i thought he mm-hmm. had an underrated run as well but like that's a perfect record that you can throw on with your girl 24s is like okay you're getting ready to go out you're about ready to have a good time Rubber band mans that feel good, like you could work out to that mm-hmm. song. Be Easy's like a little bit more personal, but the heavy piano keys and like it, I'm trying to think of many albums around that era, really the 2000s, that could say that they have like four strong classic singles coupled with the rest of the project being as tight knit as it is. Yes, yeah, it's, it's incredibly difficult to pull off, and I think uh, he deserves, you know, the the. It's so subjective when you talk about what is and isn't a classic. Um, and I think, objectively speaking, this isn't viewed as a classic, uh, maybe a regional classic for sure. I think, but, it's, I think it's a hip-hop classic up and down. And de- okay. de- debate me on that, anybody, because it's well, one of those is, things. So this is what I'm, I'm going to say about that. If you look at the criteria, to in, in my eyes, to be called a classic— he checks every box. Every box. But I think if you uh, kind of go around the country and ask people about this album, I think more people are going to say that it's a good album and not a classic. Yeah, and I'll, which, dis- I'll which disagree for I would disagree with. Subjectively, it's a classic. Objectively, I think people uh, probably don't view it that way. And I think it's if you took this same exact album and uh, somebody from uh, the West Coast or from New York made it it'd be viewed as one of the the seminal seminal classics of that era and and you know especially with the impact that trap music as a whole has had and i think if you pull people and they're saying no it's not maybe there's a little bit of a subconscious like god this birthed all this bullshit that we're hearing now because which would be fair if they were doing that but unfair to the album just well they haven't listened to it if if that's well, no, the but, basis but, of their criticism. So you can do that with so many of the artists and albums of the time and say, like, that splintered off into this and this and, and that. You could say both of these artists that we're discussing today helped push a lot of what hip-hop purists. Uh, I'm not like Everyone some backpacker. sounds like Atlanta now. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't want to sound like some, you know, dusty backpacker that prefers, like, his hip-hop, you know, without the mainstream, or I don't need a hit single or anything like right. that. But, like, a lot of the stuff out now, because everybody has access to make music, it just sounds exactly the same to me. It does, but, and it's all Atlanta. It's what Atlanta splintered into, and everyone took that sound, and they all sound like that. You right. know, like, like you said, I'm not... I'm not here to really like shit on 
the the mainstream or whatever it may be, even if it's not my cup of tea. But I am an old grumpy man, and at the end of the day, yeah, it what has become is is not, in my opinion, what it started as, quality wise. Right. The quality was exceptional, and now it's become so watered down. I feel like a lot of people, if they kind of have the look and the voice, they can make the same song as the last person and they'll be super relevant. And part of that is, you know, there's so many, the world has changed so much since then social media, all this stuff, which by the way, makes that, that six album platinum run that much more impressive. Platinum used to mean a hell of a lot more than it does now. Just real used to have to go get, that shit for sure and just real quick i I think that the death of cds occurred during ti's time like in in 2006 when he still was selling a million copies and it's being certified platinum or double platinum um a lot of veteran artists a lot of newer artists that had sold records they just weren't hitting those marks anymore because the ipod was out because you could get music on limewire and bearshare and all these other different sites and you know you burn cds and i would agree that it's definitely more of a single driven market now absolutely back then you could rely a little bit more on the brand of the artist to sell records T.I. really didn't have any of that established when he dropped this, but this album planted the flag in terms of, like, I'm here and I'm here to stay. I think T.I. very well represents a, a self-made type of artist in terms of, which is, coincidentally, we talk about, uh, you know, how things have changed between then and now. People go a lot more that direction right now where you can, because social media and all that, T.I. did it, you know, in a time where that wasn't available to him. I'm not saying that as if he's like some superhero who wouldn't have done it if it were available to him. Of course he would have. That's a valuable asset. But he really did. He he left the label and and said, I'm going to do this shit on my own. Yeah. Well, which he, is, he was another artist, too, that now. like was pushing mixtapes around that time. Right. And I yeah, think absolutely. like after trap music, this is me personally, what I remember from T.I., Post trap music was he really got on the mixtapes heavy. Yeah. I don't remember hearing much of that before, but I know he was putting in work with your DJ dramas and yep. stuff like that. Um, Ti on this album, I mean, do you do you, when I look at it, it's hard for me to point at any one area and say that is the flaw. Like, are there any glaring issues no, so with this? Even even if like I, what knocks it down a peg, if at all, for you. I don't I don't really think anything knocks it down. I would say So when we do these things, we are looking at them uh as objectively as we possibly can. Of course, some of our own preferences are are going to play into it. For sure. But um I could do you know, he has uh he has a few songs that are kind of for the women. Right. Not my cup of tea. Are you are you talking about? Let me tell you why, or let me tell well, you something. That's one. I love that song. I know. Okay, I'm just saying, it's fine. You got it's the fine. you got the zap sample, the yeah. Roger Troutman, the talk box. I see. I thought that that was a song that he made, where it was like it's clearly aimed at the ladies, but it didn't right. feel like a like a Ja Rule song where he's like, no, not at know. all. But if I'm skipping anything, is those? Yeah, I'm not skipping that one. So, 
I would say, you know, if, if anything is, is skippable as that, but objectively, like, I'm not making that. A, that's what made this album that much more impressive. He literally did put together a project that had something for everyone who would want to listen to it. If you wanted to listen to this album, there's a song for you on right. it. You're not going to listen to this and then be like, nah, I don't really like this guy. I would 99.9% of the time, I think, if anybody were to listen to this for the first time, they're going to be like, even if you're looking at T.I. through the lens that we do now, where right. it's like he's caught some like uh, some, he's, yeah. some notable well, like L's. Like I said earlier, for, like, for better or worse, I think uh, sometimes he shouldn't say everything he thinks. Right. But, but if you look at this project and like you're not a fan of T.I. going into it and you're like, you know what, I'm going to give this a chance, you're going to listen to... From you know, from one to sixteen, yeah, I highly doubt you're gonna be like, nah, that ain't it. What's impressive about this is, um, so you know, as we get as we get into talking about these projects, um, I always like to go and listen, even if I know something front to back, I've heard it a million times, I like to listen to it. Uh, at the very least, the couple days leading up to the discussion, right, just to make sure that everything is fresh on my mind. And a lot of times what will happen with albums with me is the songs that are the singles naturally are the ones who have been played and overplayed and you're just tired of hearing them. But going back and listening to trap music, I, I had no inclination to skip any of those the, the, singles. The major ones, right. I, I, I wanted to listen to 24s. That's, that's a banger. Like I want to listen to that. I want to listen to Rubber Band, man. I want to listen to Let's Get Away. Like, all of all of those songs. Easy. Like, they all still. They've all aged so well to me that if it's something that he dropped today, it would still go hard. Like, it's none of those to me are trapped in the mid-2000s. Right. And that, I say that's my biggest takeaway from this album. Even though that was something that uh, was debuted during that time it was very much a sound of like 20 years time. ago yeah it still is something that i listen to and i'm like this isn't just a product of of 2003 it's not trapped there right no no pun intended right. it's not trapped there it's it aged well like i can listen to this album forevermore and still think it's a great album you know um so i would say that i don't think there's anything on it for me that I have too much of a qualm with that I I would say like, oh, that takes this album down a notch. I don't think so, you know? Uh, What about, do you have any? I mean, I look at it for like what it wants to be. I think it executed it flawlessly, right? Like, I don't think T.I. is trying to make an Illmatic. I don't think T.I. is trying to make an All Eyes on Me. I think that he kind of just went into the studio and was really hungry at the time and put together what he thought was the best music. And it shows in its timelessness that you can go back and listen to any of these singles that we've heard a thousand times and they still sound so fresh. Um, I think there are a few songs. And again, I'm not I'm not dropping it ranking wise because of this. But there are a few songs that do kind of just gel together. And in a lot of cases that works. And I probably could do without maybe one or two songs. It's not the ladies cuts per se, but, you know, one here, one there. I do like that. from a topic perspective, 
he still showed glimpses of being personal. Like he had the song, I, I still love you talking Very about much. his dad and his yep. daughter. And so he's showing that it's not all about like the trap or crunk or whatever was going on around that time. And I think that adds uh, depth to the album. Even when it came to talking about the trap and talking about selling drugs, he was still so, T.I. is a very underrated storyteller right. and picture painter. I think the the angle that he took with some of these things that like doing my job, I think is probably my to me by far the most underrated song on, on this album. album. Yeah. That's a totally different kind of perspective where he's kind of he's rapping to the let, let's just call it working class people in the neighborhood that might look down on them because they're selling drugs. And basically his whole thing was we just doing what we have to do. He's explaining, you know, like I have to pay some of these bills. I know I'm only, I'm a kid, but I have to pay some of these bills. I have to help my household. You looking down on me. I have a job that I have to do. Like, I don't want to be out here any more than you want me to be. It's basically, you know, one of those things where he's given a totally different perspective. That's not so much glorifying it as he is like, wants you to empathize with the situation. Right. Like, I, I'm doing what I have well, to do. And and with this, it never really felt like he was just talking about selling crack for the sake of doing it or to right. make it sound cool. Like, you know, again, not to get on what's coming out now, but a lot of songs now are just like, yeah, I'm in the well, kitchen and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hitting it with the baking soda and the B12 and the whole nine. And like T.I., I felt like he was – one of the last that kind of carried that that message of the the other side of the game with him too. So, um, I, I would call this a classic. I mean, I do, and I know we're getting ready to dive into the Carter too, um, another very strong album. But I can't go back and because I revisited it again today as well. I can't go back and find anything, and that's that's rare because it came out twenty years ago. Where I'm like, yeah, it was good, but this this sounds dated. This is a little, you know. As time goes on, right. I gain more appreciation. Yeah. For this album, I probably appreciate it more as an entire project now than I even did at the time. Same. So, I, I'm gonna agree with you on that. This is this is certainly a classic to me. And uh, well, what real quick? What's your favorite? What's your favorite song then? And that's tough. That that's very tough. Uh, I mean, I probably would stick. I I'll probably go with doing my job. Okay. Just because I feel like it's uh, I don't know that that one resonates and i'm i'm not i'm not going against the grain just to not pick one of the singles mm -hmm. here because as we've stated before i have no problem picking a single if i feel like it's the best song on the album right um i do think this one showcases his lyrical ability his storytelling and his ability to think outside the box and come at something that has been talked about a lot but from a totally different type of angle yeah, I'm, or the, uh, if it wasn't that, I would say Ti versus Tip. I love that shit, yeah. and if for some of the same reasons. Right, I'm gonna go with Twenty Force. I just think that like you go. it encapsulated everything Ti was at that time. Yeah. Obviously, he hit it big later on with songs like Whatever You Like and Swagger Like Us. But like Ti, like raw and uncut, and he still got that flow in the lyrics and the delivery. And then it, you know the bias for me seeps into. I remember that music video back in the day yep. and like, it was like, Whoa, who's that? You know? So I'll probably go with 24s. If I had to pick like a deep album cut that I love bezel, 
like yeah. the eight yeah, ball and MJG feature, absolutely. the the bun B because you know Pimp C is locked yeah. up at that time. But that yeah. B, if that could have been a single, yeah. so many of these songs could have been singles. Absolutely, damn near flawless project. I mean, starting on this, starting on this album, and for the next damn near decade, he was just a certified hit maker. Yeah, he had hit after hit. You after couldn't name hit. the top five rappers in the game and his name not be included in any capacity. Absolutely. Let's get into Wayne. So. Carter two, December of 2005. A lot different than when I first heard him in December of 99, you know, because I remember the first time I heard Lil Wayne, I believe it was on Back That Ass Up. I mean, a lot of people were probably introduced, and I know he had dropped songs before, but the wobbly, 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 like all of that, that was Wayne back then. So you know what I compare this to? You know how in sports somebody will, will have like a, a couple of like average seasons and then they'll just explode, like have some crazy season and then they get drug tested because like because the league is kind of like, well, where did where this, where did come this from? shit come from? Right, right. So a lot of people accuse Wayne around this time of having a ghostwriter because he really did go from the dude who had and I let me state for the record here. My favorite Wayne is the the early Wayne. Like I love the, the cash block money, is hot the cash Wayne. money millionaires era. I love Wayne. that Wayne. Like that was uh, that's just it's special to me for for different reasons, right? right? I have my like I have better memories with that. That plays a role <laughs> into it. But his lyrical ability seemed to it really was one of those things where you you kind of did have it was understandable why people questioned it because it's like. Am I going to suspend my disbelief here and just think that he just worked his way into being this good at rapping? Like, because he really didn't showcase anything close to that prior. No. And, you know, I mean, this Wayne, even though Wayne, so Wayne went platinum on his first album and was still, and went gold twice after that and then went platinum. And 500 degrees, yeah. And then went platinum on the Carter one, the first Carter. Right. Still, after all that success, was nothing more than a regional star. Correct. And Carter one showed glimpses of glimpses, where this was going, but, but he but still wasn't a super. He wasn't a national, nationwide superstar type of thing, right? But this album really, ma- I mean, at that time, out of Cash Money, it was Juvie. Juvie was the one who who was. You never. Nobody could have ever guessed in the years leading up to, you know, when Wayne started the Carter series. Like, people would have laughed you out of a room if you said that Wayne would ever even be near Juvie's level of stardom, talent, lyrical ability, you know, anything. Because Juvie was a superstar. Right. And he was really the only one. BG was probably next. Yeah, I would say BG certainly was next. Yeah, BG Especially was if next. We're, if we're talking about the late 90s and early 2000s, right. you know, yeah, BG was second in line. And there. then I'd say it'd be the big timers, and then I would say it was Wayne. I agree with that, too. Wayne, the block is hot. Real quick, I want to give you my perspective on Wayne throughout that time, since we're talking about basically a six-year period. Yep. And that, that's being kind because Wayne was – a member of the Hot Boys prior to dropping a solo album. Right. And actually, 
his first album was a, a, a joint album with BG called the BG's True Stories. And, yeah. you know, prepubescent Wayne, you wouldn't even know it's him. They called him Baby D at the time. But let's just go from, like, the block is hot up to Carter two. Wayne said several times, and now it all makes sense, that his favorite rapper of all time is Missy Elliott. And you can tell with a lot of, like, his delivery and how he used to rap. Manny Fresh pointed this out. Like, when you hear him doing that, beep, beep, or, like, the little, yeah. the little the noises yeah. that he would make that's very much like a Missy type of approach, being unorthodox and artistic. I think sometime around 2002, when Juvie and BG and Turk and all of them started to leave... You saw Wayne kind of shift more towards, he was still on Manny Beats, but like the delivery went from like faux Missy Elliott to almost like a Jay-Z type of delivery. Now, if you listen to Gilly the Kid, Gilly the Kid, I mean, you guys would know him as a podcast host now, but uh, he was on Suave House way back in the day. And Wayne's flow on the first Carter is identical to Gilly the Kid. Did he write the material? I don't know. If I had to guess knowing Wayne and what he's put out since then, Probably not. Was there some help in structuring the delivery? I think that would be it. Probably. I think that would be it. But 500 Degrees Wayne, you saw glimpses of it. Then he starts dropping these squad mixtapes. And the squad mixtapes are all a bunch of like New Orleans East dudes that bring kind of this dip set New York type of, yeah. uh, I hate this word, but like swagger really is the word, like this this aura. And you start to see Wayne transitioning a little bit. The first Carter comes out and it's like, whoa. He stepped his shit up. But I think with the Carter two and 2005 in particular, two things happen. You have the mixtapes really starting to get some buzz, in particular the dedication. And, B, and prior to that, he dropped the drought two. He dropped the drought was, two. The dedication was the one for me, that's though. The one that, that, like, well, that's, that's the one that right. really like took over. But the second key thing that happened is Manny Fresh left. Yeah. And I think if you look at his first first album without any Manny production. I hate saying this because it's gonna sound blasphemous. I feel the same way. I already know. But I feel like Wayne was better for having lost Fresh. Agreed. Because Fresh and Cash Money's sound, and I'm not taking anything away from them lyrically and they they all did their thing, but Cash Money was very hook driven it like you know get your roll on uh number one stunner back had, that ass they had, they had these big anthemic like you know it was a cash money song and as wayne starts to transition towards this i i, I keep using dipset as an example because you know him and joel santana were running together and yeah, he, dipset he was very buzzing much with went, these went into that lane he and did. this this album sounds kind of like there's a lot of east coast elements to it to me they are and he, his delivery is way more freestylish and jay-z in in how effortless and breezy it really is so i think the first single on this album was fireman and i think that's a perfect representation of of what wayne saw his where wayne saw his career going at that particular time yeah i think this is you know to that point this is where wayne was finally kind of like uh he wasn't in a place of back against the wall commercially because he was selling right but he was in a place artistically where it's like okay because there's two sides to being with cash money right there's the side we just talked about where it kind of puts you in a box 
This is our blueprint. This is the cookie cutout. And I love Put that blueprint. In it. Me too. But there's also the the other side of that, which is like now, okay, now you're not in that box anymore. But that means that you have to be your own thing. What you can't do is is the first time you're without them, make some shit that sounds like that. It has to be different than that or else you're just him for this was a massive album for him because I would argue it's the most important, even more important than the Carter. It's made him. Yeah. I think I think this album made him. He transitioned in just that year and a half span. He went from like really doubling his vocals and he still kind of had that um I don't want to call it squealish, but he had that kind of Wayne delivery that you were accustomed to. On the it was squealish. On the Carter on the Carter too, like he just sounds like an MC that hasn't eaten in years. Like, up. bro, he he's from the time this album's like twenty two songs long, and there are you know a few skits littered throughout. Some, I mean, all of them to be honest, I could do without because they're like you know ten to twenty seconds, whatever Absolutely. it is. But I say that to say, this being a long album doesn't hurt an artist like Little Wayne, because what fans want from Wayne is him just bar centric spitting over tracks onto the next one and he gives you that tenfold on this album from it starting off with the mob to fly in to like the underrated uh lock lock and load with like a a, a nice corrupt feature wayne didn't really lean on anybody else for this project obviously he had corrupt on it he had currency on it there's like a robin thick feature but this feels like a Wayne mixtape in, in crystallized album form. I, I think this is Wayne, in my opinion, at his absolute best because every song, he's just tearing this shit up, man. The crazy part is when it when it comes to this album to me, you know, we, we just spoke about how on I'm Serious, you could have had, you know, three other songs that could have been singles. There's like or on trap music you mean? On uh, sorry, yeah. yeah, on trap music. Yeah. There's like 10 songs on this album that could have and should have been sing. If Wayne wanted to, he could have had damn near like the length of someone's album in singles. Yeah. On this on this album. It was that good where it was like I mean this there's been very few things uh the Carter 2 Get Rich or Die Trying just in 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 our lifetime of of listening to hip-hop we were only four when doggy style came out but like there's been very few things that have hit this way well i don't think carter i don't think carter two hit that way i think music did in musically in like it my did. world i think carter three was that one that was like the the big one and everybody was on board and i just for meant that to for drop. like i just meant for like it totally consuming like this is all that I listen to. This and this and Get Rich or Die Trying are the only two albums from like people who weren't already like your my your favorite artist Trick Daddy or that or, I yeah. just listen to nonstop on repeat. Like they dropped and I'm like I have to listen to this every day all the time. Right. No matter what, it was one of those things. Uh, it's. This this is absolutely him at his creative apex. This showed you what he really can be. 
And nobody, I, you know, part of what that that huge appeal was and what swept so many people up in it is what he it, what he used to be. It played such a major part because there was that shock factor of like he you had whoa, known him he, for years, he but always what is had this, this? Yeah, or, or what? I think even features because Wayne later took that to another level. Like you got a taste of that when he was on Destiny Child, Destiny's Child's uh, Soldier record, mm-hmm. and it was like, whoa, Wayne is this is a different Wayne. It's funny, man, because around this time, and I really loved this album at the time, but just to show you where I was at with it, you know, this came out when we were like what, fifteen, sixteen years old, yep. where I was such a BG fan that like, and they were going through their own thing. I like they didn't even want to give it no love. I didn't want to give it love like that because I'm yeah. like, fuck Wayne, you know, like I'm <laughs> I'm buying the heart of the streets. Not Carter too. I never bought this album, but I had to acknowledge like, damn, man, he's, you know, it's different. Um, And, you know, for this to come out at the end of 2005 and then you saw what 2006 and 2007 was for Wayne in terms of that mixtape run that we will never see again. You're never going to see anything like that again. And I think a lot of that started with this project because of how he approached it, that he doesn't need the singer on the, the chorus and three traditional 16 bar verses Wayne can spit for four minutes and what he's saying and his delivery is so sharp that it could be a single. And that's why I think, you know, I agree with you. You could have picked 10 or 11 grown man. You could have picked receipts. You could have picked, uh, you could have picked, babe. You could have picked more fire. You could have picked hit him up. All of them. I mean, I'm a D boy. You could have picked, I'm a D boy is funny because I think that's the one song on the entire album that has like the classic Manny feel. Yes, but it, it was. Does. It, but it was yes, just it enough does. New Orleans. To, but he was still spitting on it. It's like yep. okay, there's the the piece of like of that. But like the rest of the album, again, I think it's more of an MC's album, production oh, yeah. wise. Like the, there's no, he's a he's you're not a, getting the screwed up hooks. Like I know money on my mind, but you're not getting like the cliche screwed up hooks or like the like it just felt like he was he was a lyrical assassin. So to the to the point of what you were saying with with the Carter 3 really being the one that like uh blew him up to the to teeny boppers to, and to the little white kids God-like and shit. like yeah. status yeah. in hip hop. Um a lot of that had to do with right at that time by then everyone wants to work with Lil Wayne's. He had a lot of features on that album. You can't even begin to think of like and on the Carter two. That's what makes the Carter two. You know, like his apex to me is this was Wayne as just that one man wrecking crew. Exactly. Like he just was, he was out here with bars. Like from the very beginning, the intro is five minutes, no hook, bars. Like he's just giving you. That song is so good too. It's the so mob. good. It's so it's good. So good. Man. It it's, just it's like a perfect intro to what like you're gonna get from this entire project. No, it's it's perfect. I mean, it's you know it's. 22 tracks, yeah, it's it's a little beefy. Long in the tooth, yeah. But Wayne is giving you unlimited bars on this album. Like, he is a one-man wrecking crew, and again, nobody ever saw that coming. And it still sounds, this is another album like Trap Music that still sounds incredibly fresh. Oh, this is aged incredibly well. I enjoy it more now in 2023 than I ever could have in 2005. Yeah, I didn't, well, at the time, like, if, as much as I loved it then, if you would have asked me, you know, in, in 20 years, are you still going to be bumping this? I probably would have even then been like, yeah. probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably Like, not. it's a good album. I like this. Yeah. But I think, you know, what Wayne became and 
there was definitely the decline. You know, Wayne stands. Sorry, but it did happen. I mean, yeah. when you go back and look at this now, it makes me appreciate, you know, his abilities and his delivery and his growth that much more because I think that this is again for what it wants to be, which is an open, like I'm displaying my my skills here. This isn't going. I'm not going for no classic album. It just felt like he just wanted to get on there and rap, and in doing so, I would consider this. It's- his classic. This album is so fucking good. It really it, is. It is. Like, this album is like so you're, you're sitting there going through so the track good. list, and you're yeah. like, yeah, I love this song. It's this just song crazy. Is a banger. Hustler music it. is another one where it's just it's like. There's so many. There's so many. What's where, your favorite? Water gun to your head. You got to pick one. Probably hit him up. Yeah. That's got a great hook, between too. The, between the, yeah, the, the beat, the hook, you gotta hit him, him just, yeah. just spitting like, I mean, it's. It, that's Wayne, like that's peak Wayne to right. me. That's that's really total package. Like so, uh, again, sorry Wayne stands, but not really. I don't care. Um, you know when people refer to, because you know to this this newer generation of rap fans, he is their goat. Oh, he's their their big, their Pac, their whoever and, you would consider. And to that. me, that's laughable, but I understand why. Right. I understand why, right? Because he does have an incredible body of work and he is super talented in in a, a rare way. Um well, and living through really, it, you felt that too, right. like yeah. But you really understand it when you look at like I'm talking about how, you know, uh hit him up is just that total package Apex Wayne. Like if you were there for that or if you if you know that, if you love that, then it's like well, when he's on that level, he's on anyone's level. See, I would comp- like a lot of people probably viewed Wayne's culmination as a superstar with the Carter Three. I I don't think that it's nearly as strong of a record yeah, as Carter that. Two. I think it was before that. Um, and the same could probably be said for Ti. I think his biggest mainstream successes were King, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and Paper Trail. But if you're looking at what his best is. I think you're talking trap music or urban legend. And trap I think, music or urban and, legend. And I think with yes. Wayne, you're talking about the Carter or the Carter too. Right. And I think in Wayne's case, even when I, and I love the Carter, I love the Carter. Like that's, I love that album. Right. Um, but the Carter too is like the hands down winner uh, in Wayne's catalog. And that is saying a lot because Wayne had his run to, even though, like, to, to Wayne's us, had separate runs. Yes, he has. Yeah. Yes, he has. And uh, to be fair, and maybe except for this latest one, they're all, this is some Tom Brady shit. They're all Hall of Fame careers. Right. He has, like, several different Hall of Fame careers. But um, even with all that being said, I think the Carter II is, like, easily to me, that's him at his height. I agree. And that height is as high as anyone can be. Like, it's almost untouchable. You have to be the best of the very best that's ever done it. That's when you're, when he's at that level, that's when I feel like it's totally rational to bring him up with, I'm not going to get into all of it because there's so many names and depends on what area you're from and I'm not going to do that. But with those legends that always get brought up, that's where his name deserves to be 
where theirs are when you look at a project like this. I agree, and and I'm not saying that the Carter II is on the level of of, of Illmatic or Machiavelli, but I think of what no. you what you're looking at with Wayne and like the best version of him is the Carter II. I think that like the hunger was still there, the burnout wasn't there with the Carter III. There were expectations to have bigger and 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 you know um, more crossover centric uh, singles. And he, he didn't reach for that here. It was almost like, you know, I wanted to prove that I belong in the conversations. With, you know, he's got the best rapper alive on here. Before, he was saying, oh, I'm the, Which is a the, greatest, the greatest rapper since the greatest retired, yeah. you know. And he's kind of, this is the evolution of Wayne saying, no, now I'm just the best rapper alive. Yep. Like, and, and had he every damn right to claim yeah, that. He could back it up. Had I'm never going right to take that away that. from Wayne. No, I'm, you know, regardless of my opinion on his music, Post Carter three and that that rebirth garbage and a lot of the shit he's put out in, in years later, um, I will never take away from Wayne just how much of a skilled talent he is. That when he's on, he's on. His lyrics are still uh, on point to this day. It's that. just the delivery and the voice well, and everything similar, has changed so similar much. To God, please don't get all pissy in my mentions. But Eminem, mm. who can still That's fair. spit. That's fair. Who can still, his lyrics, I mean, he can still spit, spit like nobody can. But the delivery is atrocious. It just yeah. sounds so bad. It's nowhere near like the Slim Shady version of him. And I, to me, it's similar with Wayne. Like Wayne still the, has bars for days, right. but it's just, it doesn't sound good It doesn't anymore. sound good. It's, it's the voice. It's the method in which they're delivering it. And, um, you know, we're talking about this album, and I did forget about this, but 2005, you know what else he did in 2005? Neck of the Woods. And that yes. was a big, I yes. still love that song. Yes, so, I can still listen to that anytime. Having this sandwiched in between the genesis of his mixtape run and what he ended up becoming and then knowing that man next year the mixtapes are coming through he has like father like son which i think is another like real creative peak it's as high as a birdman record would ever be on my list because he knew that wayne was he had like songs like like leather so so soft soft, all of those that aged well there's so many well we'll probably end up talking about that album at some point too because i feel like that one despite those big singles in stunting like my daddy doesn't get talked about enough. It so doesn't. We'll, it kind of gets lost. In we'll the we'll save that. Maybe we'll compare that to like one of the blackout al- albums or something like that in the future. But just knowing everything around Wayne at this time, and then still going back and listening to this project, taking all of that into consideration, it's man. This it was is a tough. whole one man movement with him. It should also be noted, and this does matter, especially in a sport like hip hop. Uh, Wayne was just like cool as shit. At the time, right. like everybody, he really was just like transcendent. He, he started rocking. He like, started rocking the bape around. Yeah, he then. was wearing the bape. Like and, there were a and lot just of the, you know, like the dreads. Everybody kind of wanted to to be like Wayne. Like he just kind of was that thing. Man, you saw it in subsequent years when because yeah. Wayne started leaning towards bape, and then it was dressing. And I got to give even though I don't like him as an artist, like Jim Jones with like the rocker clothes yeah. and everything. Once Wayne latched onto that. Everybody, Everybody was did. doing yeah. that. So, yes, you know Wayne now, but even going back 18 years or, you know, just over 17 and listening to this album, it's like, no, Wayne was becoming that even back then. Yeah. You know, so this is tough, man. It, it, like, I went back and forth on this all day, and before we decided to do this episode, I had never really given thought to trap music versus the Carter 2. 
No, I'll say this. But I, I do think this was a, a It was good. a good comparison because to me, these are two artists that I definitely respect and I enjoy a lot of their music. They're not my favorite artists of all time. I don't have them in a top 10 of any sort, but I'll acknowledge that they both have classic projects. And I think when you look at trap music, that's T.I.'s magnum opus. When you look at the Carter two, I think that's Wayne's. Carter three is, is, is the big one, but I think that Carter two is his magnum opus. So where do you fall on these? I mean, it is kind of apples and oranges, but it's also not because there's a lot of parallels with both of these projects, they both kind of changed the way hip hop was moving a little bit at that time. Well, Wayne, so certainly I, w- I would say, but see, to me, I would say even more so that T.I. had a more lasting legacy. You know, it's like, to me, it's like, uh, T.I. changed the game because he introduced something that was not a thing. Prior to him and so many people from his region and from other regions. I mean, look at what all it now you got like Chicago trap, you got UK trap, you got all of this shit that like it all the trap, the whole concept of trap started right there. And he gave birth to something that's a a more lasting legacy on hip hop uh, than what Wayne did. And I'll say part of the reason for that though is because. It's like if if you watch if you watch Jordan highlights, that's not gonna make you turn into Jordan. Like you can't become Jordan. Like it's not. Don't aspire to be that. You're not gonna be that. If you listen to the Carter two, like I, I look, it's easier to to replicate the sound of trap music than it is to ever catch what the Carter two had. Right. And and that's basically what I'm getting at with that. Is like Ti changed the game more, but. This album, like the Carter Two, is just one of the great albums in the history of hip hop. So you like can, so just to be clear, because now we're coming down, you know, well, it's, it's kinda, time for the verdict. So it's kind of unfair. Would you? In a so way. you consider the Carter Two to be a hip hop classic, but not, Absolutely. but not trap music. No, trap music is, but I, I you think that you get more is, pushback? Well, the Carter Two is objectively that. I think, right. like, I think. Everyone would agree with that. Enough time has definitely passed, too. Yeah, I think you know. everyone would agree with that, whereas I think just people might push back more on on Urban Legend trap being music. that. I, uh, trap music. I mean, you're naming went, every album. The, the, <laughs> you're naming every album, album but trap music. It, the album that succeeded it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think people will push back a little bit more on trap music because, one, is T.I., Lil Wayne's name just carries more with it, but it's Wayne also... Wayne is still known primarily as an artist. I think T.I. is known for a lot of other things at yes. this point. I, I mean, Wayne is too, but like I think when people ha- think of T.I. right now, your fir- first thought isn't, oh, you know, he's a great rapper. Right. Like, little People are still going to say that about Lil Wayne. But I also will say another reason that people will push back on trap music is because... That is, that's that's one of those ones that is a hip hop classic to me, but it also still very much a southern album. Yeah, Wayne, like we talked about, broke out of the yes. Manny Fresh. I think Carter Two is not a southern album. I think if he had tried to make this album over what Manny Fresh was doing in two thousand five, it I don't think it would. It's not hitting it the same. It wouldn't have hit the same. And I love Manny, but it was just a necessary 
departure from. Oh, we would have got four or five mega bangers, definitely. You, were, you even saw it like with, on the Carter. Yeah, you with, saw it. Yeah, but like, and even with like top back that he did for Ti yeah, later, right. move around for BG. It's like oh, you're yeah, getting no, those Manny type was, of songs. Manny was doing the thing. He's doing the chorus yeah. and all of that. Like, and he, I mean, I, I love Manny, but I think Wayne needed to make this album. He did. I'm gonna go with the Carter too. And man, I'm not gonna lie. And it's no disrespect at all to trap music. It's just, like we gave trap music its proper credit. Yeah, the it, Carter Two is just that. Is this this what is, it is you know we've we've recorded several episodes in this series, and for me, I think that this was the hardest one. And I didn't go into it anticipating that. I kind of was like, you know, I'm going trap music because of the singles and because of how well it flowed together. But when I take a step back and look at all that was going on with Wayne and that album, and then just listen to it from front to back and the type of uh the type of skill that he was displaying technically around that time and he he was in the perfect pocket with his voice and his delivery i think that this is the best wayne album easily i think that um it is a hip-hop club both of these are hip-hop classics but if i really had to pick one or the other i'm gonna take the i'm gonna take peak wayne over ti at that juncture agreed and that's not a knock on ti it's not just, in the least man, this was this was a real tough one not not in the least. I mean, it's, it's like we mentioned, you know, T.I. had a run that he he just so happened to be going up against Peak Wayne in this. But again, T.I. had a run that there you can barely even name 10 artists who have ever had, if that, right. the success that he had between 03 and 08. To drop six platinum albums in a row, I'm not sure people, uh, you know, I hope you understand how crazy that is, especially for for that time. Well, Ti was bigger than Wayne in 03, 04, Yes, 05. he was. Like that, yes, that's, he was. And 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 I think especially 06, even though Wayne was super doing his thing in 2006, bro. Ti had ATL out. He had King out. No, he was. These have he was on anthems. Top of, he was who you wanted. I think the baton was passed the following year. I think it went yep. from Ti, even though Ti was still selling when he dropped that Ti versus Tip yep. album. It's and then so, Wayne, but it was it was clearly and Wayne is dropping all Drought Three and all of these mixtapes yeah. and and the and you know um, the the leak is coming out and Wayne just kept coming with it and and Ti kind of period yeah so even though we agree here this was easily the most difficult time I've had really sticking to one project and and being married to that and to be honest man in a month it could change but right now and, and i would say the majority of the time i'm leaning towards little wayne you got any final thoughts no i think uh again is i respect both of these artists and and i like i like taking a look back at the time uh and evaluating it through the prism of then right and and now well again because we can't always the, do that right so being able to just look back at that time and what they were doing is crazy when you think about it. You know, at the time, you might not have the appreciation that you that you maybe properly should have had for something. And I found that to be the case with both of these albums where right. I'm, I'm looking at it now as a 32-year-old man. And I didn't have the appreciation for these things when we were young that I have for them now where it's like, man, no, those dudes were... Well, it's kind of like how The Source would rate an album like three mics back in like 97 and then revisit they do it, they revisit it, it and then it's like a five mic thing and i think that not that i thought that these were just subpar projects right. but i think that they sound much better now That's so great. well thanks guys for tuning in we'll definitely be back next week with a new episode in the meantime 
Please let us know what you think in the comments. See ya. Thanks for giving us a listen. Give us your feedback and let us know how you really feel. Subscribe, rate, review, and we'll see you next week.